I ask nothing of our guests when they leave other than to leave the key on the table. I really feel that they're on vacation and they're not here to clean or strip beds or to do laundry or anything. If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Once again, welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And I'm still down here in Florida, which is absolutely fabulous. The weather has been stunning. Uh, after the tornado warnings of last week and the high winds, it all just uh, it all just changed around and has become the most amazing week of sunshine. And I suppose for those of you who perhaps live in California or in, in those areas where sunshine is pretty much guaranteed and warm weather is, is the norm, you would not believe how it feels to me to, to get up every day to beautiful blue sky and warmth. It's just such a pleasure. And of course, I'm off to San Diego next week for the uh, Vacation Rental Managers Association annual conference. So can't wait for that. There's I, I will be broadcasting a solo episode after that just to bring you um, my account of, of what happened, what are, any, anything that comes up from the conference that I think is going to be useful to you. So that will be the episode after the conference will be um, my report back from the VRMA. But today I'm absolutely delighted to, uh, to add yet another episode in our successful owner series. And... I'm talking to the owner of a beautiful little property on the east on the on the Atlantic coast of Florida. And we're going to be learning all about how Julia started with her vacation rental, how she is moving into perhaps being a multiple property owner and talking a little bit about her her philosophy of hospitality. And as you heard from the opening quote that I added into this episode, she really has that down to a fine art. So without further ado, let's move on to the interview. I am so delighted to have with me today, Julia Hill, who has a, and she calls it a wonky pink cottage called Paradise Found in Florida on Melbourne Beach. Julia, thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute delight to have you here. We're going to hear all about your property, your presence at the Home Away Summit and your SOS model. How are you today? I am fantastic and happy to be here with you. Well, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. So we've got a lot to talk about. And I'd love you to kick off by just telling us, how, how did you get into the business of vacation rental? Tell us where your property is. And, and I know you've got plans for acquiring a second one. So let's hear about that too. Well, we got into the vacation rental business completely by accident. Um, we were in a position, we were looking for a second home uh, in Florida, where I am from, and my parents live in the area, and thought we would find a typical home that we could use for for family and ourselves and perhaps do some longer term rental uh, during times of the year. Had no idea what vacation rentals were, had never heard of VRBO. And um, after spending a couple days with a real estate agent, I found this property completely by accident because it was listed as a commercial property and um, pulled it up and called the agent the next day and said, this is the property I want to see and uh, arrived. Of course, there were guests here and so we couldn't access both sides of the property and um, I walked in the door, out the back door and to the beach and said, took a picture with my iPhone, sent it to my husband and said, this is it. <laughs> and it had all started from there. Uh, 30 days later, we were uh, 
vacation rental owners. We had contracts um, that we had to fulfill and obligate and um, hit the ground running. So, so, so the property had, had, had been a vacation rental before you bought it? Yes, it had been this, the property, the wonky pink cottage, uh, which is totally apropos for, for the building. It's a 1949, one of the original uh, beach cottages out on South A1A. Uh, when this cottage was built, there was no A1A. It was a shell road. It was literally, you know, maybe a car and a half wide and um, the property surrounding area and, and uh, down to Sebastian Inlet was really no man's land. And uh, so the cottage has set here for, you know, the, the years and weathered all the storms and um, through its iterations um, has been a vacation rental for the last 14 years or so. We've had it for three years, and the people before us had it for 10 years. And prior to that, it was the original owner, who also ran a shell shop. So all the locals know where the shell shop is. <laughs> <laughs> so that this, this quite interests me. Um, so you bought a property that was already a going concern, and you had contracts already in place. Yes. Um, so were there a number of repeat guests that, um, that kept coming back? She, the woman who had the property prior to us, it was a hobby more than a business. Um, they live in South Florida and, um, he's a real estate attorney. And, um, so it was kind of a fun hobby for her. And, and she was, she did have a listing on BRBO, but she did everything old school, everything, all of her contracts were mailed. She only accepted checks never cashed the deposit check, always held it until after the guest departed, and then she would just send the check back. And so although she had the business, it really was not a business where she did a lot of marketing and, and, and trying to capture returning guests. There are several guests that visited with her that still come um, after we uh, took over the property and uh, some don't because we've made changes into our procedures and policies and things like that to streamline the process. And she didn't really have a client list to convey with the property. But um, we have right now two families that come every year that, were, that have been coming to the cottage uh, prior to us acquiring it. So. You made a great point um, earlier there about her running it as a, as a hobby and you running it as a business. And, and there is a huge divide, I think, between, between the two. Um, how, how much do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I, I, um, I think it's to each their own. We're all individual owners and can attack the situation any way that we see fit. But... I think we're unique in a lot of ways. We, we have a completely unique property. There is nothing else like it on the beach in our area. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and um, we're in, in a very unique location. But the property also is uh, licensed as a duplex. Although it's all under one roof and we have an owner's unit and a guest unit. So they always kept the owner's unit for themselves and didn't rent it. And we followed that policy, except for a few very good guests who I opened my side up to uh, so that they can come during the winter when our winter guests are here because they're here for so long. And um, so I have the really great opportunity to be on the property uh, frequently when guests are here. And, um, and that's made it even more fun. But when we hit the ground running, we hit the ground running as, okay, we've bought a business. Um, we're licensed. We have uh, licensing requirements. We have to meet health department requirements. The state of Florida Division of Hotels and Restaurants inspects us. So I couldn't take it as a hobby because I was first 
a newbie and in fear that they would come take my license away. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I just, it is a business and it's run as a business and it's worked really well for me, uh, keeping it in that mindset. So. Well, you also have a background in customer service and marketing, haven't you? So that, that yes. must have helped the business, um, business grow using that experience. Yes. I, um, grew up in the world of YMCA and have done many, many jobs in nonprofit and um, eventually ended up mostly focused on marketing and um, hospitality guest services. And, you know, when someone comes in a YMCA, they, they are treated as a guest. And, um, or that was the philosophy that I was groomed under anyway. And so um, really focusing on the individual members' experience while they were participating at, you know, whatever they came to do. And I think that that translates to a lot of things in life, not just uh, business, but how you interact with people, interpersonal relations and um meeting somebody in the grocery store or a clerk, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a very, um, how you interact with people, it just sets the stage for a really good experience or possibly not so great experience. Yeah. So, and, so this is the foundation of your SOS model. Yeah. Um, I developed an SOS, uh, training program for our frontline staff, uh, way back in the 90s <laughs> when I was working at the YMCA. And um, so it was simply outstanding service. And basically it was, um, we, there are no uh, right answers and there are no wrong answers. It's the service you provide. And in trying to understand where each individual is coming from, what their needs are, and how, to you, how do you provide a service to them that benefits them. Instead of trying to put them into your box, you know, of what you're willing to do, try to come to a place where you understand what they need and then deliver that. It works in the vacation rental business too, I'm happy to say. <laughs> well, how, how do you get that information from guests? How, you know, how are you differentiating to, to know what each guest wants? I ask a lot of questions. I, um, I really uh, spend time communicating with the guest uh, through the booking process. I don't, I don't spend very much time on the phone with people. Occasionally I do uh, prior to, the, to their arrival, I will have a phone conversation with them, mostly because people are so busy that, you know, they'll answer, you know, they'll send a text message or an email. And you can really find out a lot about people. Um, you know, we're pet friendly. We're very pet friendly. And so kind of setting up a profile for guests, you know, if somebody is traveling with their pet, their pet is very important to them, Heather. <laughs> and so I try to find out, you know, well, we always know from our, you know, screening process, you know, we know the pet, the size of the dog, the breed of the dog, the age of the dog, um, and those types of things. So I try to establish, you know, we have a setup when people come, we, we kind of have a setup for dogs. We have dog bowls and we have a a, a special throw for the dog to go over chairs or on the bed. and um, But I need to know before I put a dog treat in the welcome basket whether the dog is allowed to have treats or if they're on a special food diet, you know, type of a thing. I just spend time trying to, to glean little bits and pieces out of the emails and um, and things like that. Why are they traveling? You know, is it a vacation are they here to research the area? Are they here for business? You know, just try to really get as much information without seeming like I'm getting information <laughs> I, and invading their privacy. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love, I really love that approach. And you're, you're absolutely right about um, the, the pet friendly when you say, you know, people love their dogs. It's just so important to know that, that if you've got pet friend, if you've got pet owning guests, that, um, 
that their pets are so important to them and and I love the fact that that you do that you provide the throws and and the dog bowls and and I'm I'm sure you have information on where the nearest veterinary is and oh yes oh yes yeah we do right right next to where the hospital is is the the preferred vet which is out <laughs> which also I mean he's a um he's a vet that is is old school himself and and he's out here on the beach so um he's the kind of vet that you could call at 3 a.m. and he would meet you at his office if if it was an emergency and couldn't wait till the morning many of our guest uh pets dogs mostly are second children for mm -hmm. them you know their kids are all gone so now they have their their uh, furry friend that comes with them and quite frankly i think they spoil their pets more than they spoiled their children when their children were young <laughs> oh I, I can't i can't agree more i mean i'm well here we are this is one of the reasons we do an rv trip um rather than stay in vacation rentals because we we have a, an elderly labrador that comes with us oh and, yeah and and she just loves to travel and i would not go anywhere that wasn't pet friendly i mean we're we're even heading down to we're heading down to um florida and we'll be going to Carabelle, the uh, Apalachicola area, because mm -hmm. they have dog-friendly beaches, and that's the reason we go there. Because most yeah. of Florida is not that friendly to pets. But I really love to hear your 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 take on that. That's um, that that's that's so refreshing. I hear I hear too much from people saying never never have dogs in my place. Um, but oh, quite, no, quite honestly, no. I think um, I prefer to have pets in my own cottages and have children. I will say having raised my children, you know, food belonged in the kitchen and not underneath the sofa cushion. But I will honestly say I would prefer to have pets than teenagers. Um, most of the time our, our families that travel with small children, the parents are very attentive and, and we have a whole different scenario for, for people that travel with small children, um, how we stage the cottage. But um, teenagers... Uh, it's an awkward age for teenagers and then to be on vacation with your parents is mm -hmm. even worse <laughs> yeah so. but at least but you do have wi-fi oh yes we have very very fast wi-fi and um and we also have a cell phone booster because there's not much signal out here on the barrier island and uh, being married to a a techie engineer has its benefits. He hooked that uh, booster up right away. It, it pulls a signal from the mainland off the tower and, and then amplifies it throughout the cottage. So we have one of the uh, best, and you can talk on your cell phone anywhere in the cottage and out on the beach <laughs> if necessary. Well, it, so, certainly, it, it, it certainly sounds as though, you know, you're, you're appealing to different markets, different demographics, young people, young families, older groups. It's, um, I, th I think, really refreshing that you focus on each individual, ask them the questions, and then deliver according to what their needs are. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I do. I'm not that naive that I understand I have one property that is a very small property, and there's only 52 weeks in a year. And we really, over the last year, have not done uh, very many short stays. I realized very early on that two-night two rentals were, uh, you know, really not cost-effective because of the intensity that we put into each reservation. So, um, and fortunately, we haven't really had to split up the calendar. We, we do weekly back-to-back, back-to-back, to back-to-back. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so I have the time to do that with my guests. And I, and I do realize that somebody who's running, you know, multiple properties or, you know, it's, it probably would need to be tweaked and worked on. But I still think that it's possible. And, and even to a point of, you know, many hotels now do a guest profile that they ask you. You know, I just got an email from... Hyatt property down in Fort Lauderdale where the summit is and they sent me an email today asking me you know making sure that my preference sheet was up to date 
and I'm not really a big Hyatt traveler. We're Hilton people, but, um, you know, I thought that I got that email and I immediately put it in, cut, cut and pasted it into my inspiration folder. And, and I think that was brilliant of them. I'm like, okay, that's the next thing on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that this, this is where the industry or the, the whole hospitality tourism industry is going. It's so, you know, the, the, the days of, of mass marketing are gone now. You've got, they've got to appeal to the individual and make people feel special. I mean, I think vacation rentals are in such a unique position to be able to deliver that one-on-one service. Um, if a large hotel chain can do it, I think it falls on vacation rental owners to figure out that concept. Yeah, and I think uh, this is what takes it go, goes back again to this hobby versus business model. Yeah, so, you know, if you're, if you're doing it from a business perspective, you're going to take these different steps. So what about your marketing, um, Julia? What, how, where do you advertise? I know you advertise on VRBO. I know yes. you have a brand spanking new website, and we'll talk about that in, in a sec. Yes. But what works best for you? You know, as I said, when we acquired the property, there was already a listing on VRBO. And um, not a very good listing, but there was a listing. And the original listing has a very low number so it it indicates that it was one of the you know burgeoning listings on VRBO when VRBO uh, started up and back this was just in 2012 March of 2012 is when we acquired the property and that was prior to HomeAway I didn't take over the listing but they at that time were transferring the listing so I was able to keep um, all of the photos and there were no reviews so that wasn't an issue Um, but I was able to uh, keep all of that the listing number and the history of the listing which was I thought fantastic I have been on VRBO and bundled with home away during a very I have a very specific time that I pick up the bundle um, and that sadly to say Heather is the only real listing site that I am on um, I haven't done any of the other Airbnb or Flipkeep basically because I, I I don't have availability I I don't need to put my property out anymore because I have to turn so many people away that it would just be, I think that's disappointing um, to put a calendar up that's completely blocked. Um, And I I know that I'm lucky, and I know there's a lot of people who think that's not smart, but for today, (laughs) when um, we had 100% uh, capacity this year, I had no other days to sell. Hence, I will remain Mm-hmm. I think that Tan, as Tansy said, and when you interviewed her, um, that listing does so well that it the return on investment, um, nothing else makes sense. You know, the, so I I will stay there, and I'm you know like you said, developing the new website, and um, we'll start working on attracting people uh, directly to that site. And I'm not quite sure, you know, casting a broad net. I'm involved with some of the local tourism groups now and the community uh, commission type of a thing. But till I get disappointed, I, I will remain uh, <laughs> with the RBO. Well, well congratulations <laughs> on the 100% occupancy. That That's, you know, phenomenal. And if you... And the thing is, if you've got something working for you that brings you that type of occupancy, then why do anything else? I, th- I think you're very, very smart to have a website uh, in conjunction with it. Um, I, was, I was listening to a podcast this morning um, by a lady called Pam Moore, and she's, uh, she, she, she does a podcast and, and has a website on marketing. And she just made an interesting point about putting all your eggs in one basket. And it uh, it sort of resonated me with it a little bit because there's all sorts of talk about what's going to happen with Home Away and, and if they will stay as Home Away or if they will sell. She was talking about social media, basically, but saying, you know, 
if all you do is Facebook, then, but you never know what's going to happen to Facebook. So right. if overnight something happened to it and it was gone, where are you? So, you know, it's it's a very smart strategy to have your own website as well. And I don't think anything's going to happen with HomeAway or VRBO anytime soon. <laughs> That's going to no. take the traffic away. <laughs> but it, um, it's always worthwhile having having something and of course something else you can work on to add content to and and that you know it's, it's just smart I I agree and and I do I'm I'm a sponge I uh, am constantly learning and learning and learning and listening to the people who are successful and and luckily when I jumped into this business head first as I frequently do things in life, um, I was able to luck in by I don't know how to people like Matt and and to find you and and uh, Steve Sassman and Alan Egan and I had already, you know, just kind of lucked in to some of that information and um, you know we do have Facebook and we do have Pinterest and and I sort of do blog but not you know like everybody, you know, you want to do it, but it's doing it. That's the issue. And, um, so people can find us, you know, if they're, if they're looking, but I have to get better at getting it in front of people so they don't have to look so hard. Um, and thankfully our area, you know, if I was in an area that had a thousand rentals, it would be a completely different scenario, Heather, Mm -hmm. our area is is very select and you know i think on vrbo when i'm just my listing without bundling and all of that i think i'm somewhere around 11 out of 73 properties um which i think is great you know like like uh steve says whatever you have to do get on the first page well there's only one page maybe two some of the listings don't have really good uh Uh, photos for their main shot and I get so many page views it's ridiculous but I'm limited in occupancy I'm a small cottage um, and our maximum is four so I lose a lot of people just by you know I can't accommodate them and uh, or my calendar is full you know right now I don't have the competition in my area. If I was in an area that had a thousand rentals, I'm sure I would have to sit here and tell you a different story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's always a good position to be in. So how about, tell, tell me about the new property because I know you're, you're either considering or you're oh. on, on, the, on the route to getting another one. It's a mile south of our property. It is also a vacation rental property that has been running as a vacation rental. Um, it is a completely different animal than this property. It is much more uh, grand and luxurious. Um, it's a, it sits on a huge piece of property on the beach and, um, it will actually have three units. It looks like one house when you look at it, but it's really not. It's three units and it has a beautiful swimming pool and, and the grounds look like you're pulling up to a resort. Uh, and thankfully my my engineer husband has crunched all the numbers and, and um, has invested in, in me. I run the vacation rental business, and, and he's done all the math and, and projects great things if we can get our hands on the property. So um, it'll be a different – I will have to, which is why I've really tried to immerse myself into – broadening my horizons because that property will have lots of opportunities associated with it that our current property property does not weddings family retreats you know excursions yoga um i have a yoga instructor that comes and stays here at our property and and she's already said oh my gosh i want to do a yoga retreat if you get that property i want to i want to have it for a, a yoga retreat and I said, no problem. <laughs> so it'll be fun. I'm trying to remain calm and not be emotionally involved. I've already done some really big dreaming on that property. <laughs> oh, well, I, I wish you every luck in the world for that because it's that, that sounds fantastic. And I know, you know, from, from my own experience of going from the first one to then buying 
more after that, just how much more fun and exciting it gets. Yeah. And you know, the most fun thing is that I have guests that stay with me. I have a couple that are staying right now this week and they come at least two times a year and sometimes three. So they're like my second set of parents and they are so excited for me. They can hardly contain themselves. And, um, you know, it's fun when the people, I, I don't even call them guests anymore. They're like having family come, but, uh, it's fun to have that kind of energy and to have, um, people really rooting for you, you know, and, and basically saying you're so good at what you do that, you know, we, we know you can do this. We know that you'll be fantastic if you get another property and, and so, yeah. Well, it's not just another property. It's a three-in-one. I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm already trying to figure out how the changeover is going to work. Well, that, that's a great segue, actually, into a question I wanted to ask because um, I was talking to um, Debbie in um, Oregon um, recent, on, on, a, on the last podcast about changeovers and maintenance because she has four properties she has one in portland two in lincoln city and then one down on the coast i think i've got that right but uh, but you know she, she's managing four and she was saying she was talking about having how great it is to have such a fantastic on the ground team as, as she has she doesn't use a property management company it's just each property has these people who go in and do the work and they're so invested in it that that they're proprietorial about being hospitable. Oh um, yeah. So yeah. what's what's going to work for you? Well, I um, over you know my trial by fire over the last couple of years, uh, we've assembled a really good team that works together. Um, they're all local in the area. The housekeeper that I have has been with the property for the 10 years prior to we us purchasing it and she has stayed with me for the time that we have it and um the value that she provides is absolutely can is priceless absolutely priceless and i finally found a gardener and i say gardener because he just doesn't come mow and go he actually is a gardener <laughs> <laughs> and and I have a fantastic uh, handyman and jack of all trades, and um, they all work well together. They're happy people, you know. They come from a place of yes instead of a of a why it can't be done, because that really I don't function well on under those premises. And even with the housekeeper, um, I have worked with her to make her role as easy as possible, you know, um, including uh, making sure on changeover day that I communicate with her, uh, you know, when the guests are leaving, she knows who has been on the property, if they've had a, a pet with them, if they've had small children with them, so that she has an idea of what to expect when she arrives. We do not um, charge an additional cleaning fee. It's all we try to bundle the services and everything together and just have one price for everything. And with that, I ask nothing of our guests when they leave other than to leave the key on the table. I really feel that they're on vacation and they're not here to clean or strip beds or to do laundry or anything. Um, fortunately, we have fabulous guests and most people um, really knock on wood. We've never had any huge disasters when people leave, but um, you know, she, she's coming in to whatever gets left. So keeping her happy has been really important to me. And sometimes if we've been at full occupancy, there is, you know, more laundry and more towels and beach towels and pet towels and things like that. And so my job over the last couple of years has been to stock the um, supplies and to stock duplicates of everything we have and sometimes triplicates so that if it really is a tense situation where maybe the guest hasn't left completely on time and we have another guest coming in she doesn't have to worry about all the laundry in one day she can pull fresh linens out stage the property and then we then we take care of it you know 
behind the scenes. And um, I think that's been a really big thing for her because it relieves so much stress. Um, yes, I, I really go along with that. Um, it, it's one thing to, to get a caretaker or, or, a, or a cleaner in and just expect them to go in and do the work. Um, but it's another to, to, to really think about what they need in order to do it well and to be happy at the same time. Right. I mean, I really spend a lot of time with her. She's learned I'm very OCD about things and I like things a certain way. And, and thankfully, she's a very meticulous. I mean, we actually put all of our linens are stored and um, in, in, according to the room mm -hmm. and set up. So she has to open that Ziploc cube and the entire setup for the queen bed is, is there. Um, and, and then there's a photograph of what the bed and should look like when it's, when it's made up. She was really stressing and, and worried about, I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to make the bed the way that you make the bed. And, and I said, no worries. You know, it'll be fine whichever way it's, but the guest isn't going to know. I said, you know, I will take a picture. And I said, it doesn't have to be exact, you, but, you know, this pillow goes with this set and that goes with that. And so we've kind of worked through alleviating her tension is my biggest goal, you know, making her job mm -hmm. easy. I buy her really nice cleaning products. We use Caldrea products in the cottage and, and she loves to come clean with the Caldrea products because <laughs> it's, you know, it's a dirty task, but at least, you know, you're, you're treated to a really nice scent while you're doing it. And, and it's, you know, not harsh chemicals. And I, I spend a lot of time making her happy too. I treat her, you know, with the same respect that I treat our guests. And I, and I think it, it makes a huge difference. Well, I think so. that's, I think that's wonderful to hear. And uh, she, she, she knows, I'm quite sure that as she leaves, she's, she's probably the last person that, uh, that, that leaves the property before the guests come in. Although possibly you you do go and um, check it out but uh, I know from my own experience with my my caretaker that uh, you know I don't go down and check it after she's she, she's been she knows that uh, that there is nobody in between her leaving and the guests arriving so it's it's her responsibility and and she absolutely revels in in that and, oh, and yeah. takes massive massive pride in it Yes, yes, and, and, and our housekeeper does also, and when I have a guest comment or leave a review, I always make sure she knows mm -hmm. that, that um, the comments that were made about the cottage, because she is the last person, um, she mops the floors on her way out, and she's the last one there many, many times. She's also responsible for staging the welcome basket, and... Um, Frequently, you know, we, we do set up the cottage with, um, we don't have an ice maker, so I always make sure there's a fresh bag of ice, and I always leave orange juice, fresh squeezed Florida orange juice in the fridge for the guest, and she does that too. She uh, will run by the store and, and pick up the setup for the, more, for the guest, and, and then she stages the welcome basket for me, and I, you know, it's my job to give her the guest profile so she knows what to put in the basket, but... Um, you know, and I think that's fun for her. That gives her some ownership to the process and it makes her more than just someone who mops the floors. And yeah, absolutely great point. And um and, and because she is. And I treat her very well mm -hmm. on her birthday and holidays and in between and I try to give her a little happy gift, you know, random <laughs> acts of kindness. Um, you know, because she's a she's a hard worker and and, and her personal situation is stressful for her and so when she comes I think she really almost uses the cottage as a hideout on Saturdays mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah it's great and everybody the gardener and everybody it's it I would not be able to do this without them and they know that <laughs> Yeah, and I think you know, as as you move on into multiple property ownership, it will become, you know, having the right team on board is going to be you know even more uh, important. Julia, I am always conscious as as we move on in time that that I've got you know loads to talk about and things that I I, I want you to share. But uh, what I do want to to cover before we finish is the idea of podcasting because you're in our vacation rental podcast network and and are planning and committing to starting a podcast in January. See, I've just put it out there. Thank you. 
I guess there's no turning back now, is there's there? There's no turning back. No. And I but I, I looked at um I looked at the website which which I, I love the fact that your webs your your new website that was that um was created by Antonio Bortolotti and he's done a fantastic job on it. Uh, it was um launched I think think I I just got to see it this morning which it is It launched this morning it went live Heather. Yeah. And it uh, it is beautiful beautiful website so I'll be putting a link to it on the show notes. But I was going through that and I was thinking about, you know, topics f- that that you could use for for a podcast. Uh, when you launch that and I thought and I found a dozen already on that website yes you know yes. you've got beaches you've got things about being you know being on being on the space coast and Cape Canaveral being fairly close by and it's only an hour and a half to Orlando you've, yes. you've so you've got all the Disney stuff you could do um, and then just the the nature issues you know nature stuff too talking about the Atlantic yeah. coast and so I'm sure you've thought about it give give me a couple of ideas that um that you've already got in mind that you could do podcast episodes about you know we have uh, a plethora of resources here for um, people come for all different reasons here it's kind of and we don't have a season so we're year-round um and so uh sea turtles are are very very big part of what goes on on this on the ocean and in the summer many 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 of our visitors come specifically to see the turtles nest and and then this time of year they come back to watch the hatch outs we have a, a really great center just south of the cottage called the barrier island center where the sea turtle conservancy and the county and a lot of um, researchers and students and people that come in to observe the turtles and and count the nests and things like that so i i really want to start there because i think people are so interested in the sea turtles and the tour to turtles where they put satellite tracking on the turtles and then they can follow them all around where they go and, and where they are out in the ocean. And so, and I know that many of our guests leave comments um, on the reviews and in our, in our guest book in the cottage, the children who have never seen a sea turtle before. And, and it's, it's really one of those things that I won't say it's life changing, but when you experience um, a turtle coming up to build her nest and get to participate in that and then learn and understand what she went through to get there. <laughs> it's pretty great. And there's some really interesting um, scientists and, and then just locals who are very passionate about the sea turtle. So I'm going to start there. But then we have people that are passionate about surfing. We have um, some of the best surf conditions in the United States and world right here in Sebastian and Cocoa Beach. And there's some people that manufacture their own surfboards here and competitors, professionals, women, girls, guys. Um, and I think that's kind of a fun uh, thing to tie into. And uh, fishing, same way. We have world-class fishing, ocean fishing, surf fishing, great opportunities for people that come that fish. And um, and then the food. We have lots of great restaurants. And um, I just went to a new one uh, the other night, Trend Kitchen in Indian Harbor, which is just north of us. And it's a brother-sister chef team. And they are just phenomenal. I met their mom and we did the proud mom thing, you know. <laughs> and um, and I think they would be really fun to interview. Um, and they're locals. They're from the area. They've worked all over and they're coming back to, to establish their business. And, um, and I've already... Um, I have guests that are coming in November and it's uh, 75th birthday and I wanted to treat them to dinner and they said they would prefer to eat in. So I'm going to have her cater uh, the birthday dinner here at the cottage. And, um, and I think that would be a really good podcast because they're young and they're, mm-hmm. they're using, you know, farm to table, sourcing their, their uh, ingredients from all over the place. So they're participating in global economy right here in Indian Harbor. 
So it's fun. So I don't know what else I could possibly need to add to the list. <laughs> I will have too much work to do, Heather. <laughs> well, I think it. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing once you start thinking about the topics you can explore. How many there actually are. And... I'm just worried about getting people to. Uh, I mean, I have got somebody lined up to do the first. I can, I've got the first couple under my belt, and I'm hoping that once the first couple people you know, participate, Heather, and maybe, I mean, who wouldn't want to get on a podcast with Heather Bear? <laughs> I, I don't quite have that notoriety <laughs> or, or draw. So I'm hoping that it's not a, you know, getting through to the people, you know, connecting with the people. You know. I, I think if you just tell them it's travel and tourism and it's, um, you know, you're going to get out there to people who are, who are listening, they want to know about the region. And the, the whole thing about podcasting that gets me is that I, I went out on a run this morning and it was, I was out for 45 minutes. I listened to that same person for 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. I've never sat in, on, on a blog for no. 45 minutes. No. Never, probably not even five minutes. So it's that massive opportunity. So I, I think you're going to do fantastic, Julia. I can't wait to just to continue as, as we all work together to get these, these podcasts up and running. Uh, yes, and I think it's it's just again the people that I have been able to uh, lock into in the vacation rental world are just the most generous people. I mean, so many businesses people want to you know they they find something and and then they want to keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. They don't want to share their experience or their expertise because it may give somebody else an advantage. And and I've really been fortunate to find the people and the resources and everybody is so generous you know and I love I love the fact that you're giving back as well you know I, um, by the time this podcast is published you'll have been uh, at the home away summit um, in Fort Lauderdale and um, and you will have been sharing your expertise yes so with the caveat that I'm not an expert <laughs> Do you know you've been in the business? You have a for, for two years. You have a hundred percent occupancy. That really does give you expert status. <laughs> it took me. You know, I was watching the calendar fill up, and I was having a glass of wine and having a decompression session with my husband. And I said, you know, I have got to block off our November um, maintenance because I'm afraid I'm going to book. Um, we're going to be 100% booked. And this was back in August, uh, September, or, or early August, late July, when I was realizing this. And then I was like, I shouldn't say that out loud because I'm going to jinx myself <laughs> and something's going to happen. And, um, you know, and the thing is, is that everybody, you know, I've shared it with a few people and um, on a on a forum and things like that, and so they immediately want to zone in on well your your pricing's not right or you know uh, you're giving your property away or you know things like that and it has nothing to do with that. I assure you my pricing is is right on target, and I feel like with our amenities and and the cottage that we have, the wonky pink cottage, I think that it's a very fair value. And I'm happy with it, and the guests are happy with mm -hmm. it. So um, for today, I think that all works. Um, and I'm not greedy, Heather. I want to share the cottage with people, and I think that has been um, the most rewarding part of the whole process is that people come for all different reasons. And once you find out why they're here, they could be recovering from an event in their life or here for cancer treatments or... Um, you know, for any, it's not always vacation, you know, uh, and so the fact that we've been an important part in their life is huge. It's just incredible. Well, I can't congratulate you enough for on, on where you've, you know, on, on what you've done over the past two years. You, you really are showing actually, you know, as I just said, that, that you are uh, an expert in what you do. Julia, thank you so much for sharing this Share, sharing your expertise <laughs> with us today. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I'm 
looking forward tremendously to continuing to work with you for the to, you know to get all our podcasts off the ground i think yours is going to be fantastic you definitely have a great voice for podcasting oh, okay. and um and we shall see how it goes so um for now i'd just like to thank you so much for being on the show I get so much pleasure out of uh, talking to owners like Julia. These are the owners that really have got it. They're offering that level of hospitality that we should all be striving for. And I, I really love the way she talks about looking after her caretaker, her housekeeper, just as much as she does her guests. And I think that's really important too, because the people that we have... Um, dedicated to looking after our properties, to making sure that our guests are welcomed in the best possible way, really do need to be nurtured and and taken care of. So kudos to Julia for for doing that, and I've uh, it was an absolute delight to talk to her. As as ever, and I always say this, if you've got any comments to make, please do so at the end of the show notes at cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS047 uh, for this week's podcast. If you've got any questions for Julia, please post them there. I'm sure she'll come along and answer them for you. And... I'd love to get your feedback. So, uh, you know, you can do that in the comments or you can email me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com or, um, or leave, us, uh, leave, leave me some feedback on iTunes. Just go to the link that Mike's put on the, uh, on the uh, show notes and uh, click on there. It'll take you directly to the reviews. I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review and, uh, and a comment. Many thanks for that. So for now, once again... Uh, it's been an absolute delight to be with you and I will be back again uh, next week with uh, with an other, another interview which will be pre-recorded as I'll be at the VRMA uh, annual conference. But, um, but I will be recording from there uh, for um, publication the following week. So uh, once again, many thanks and I'll talk to you again soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.